beautiful game is in full flow. The champagne is flowing. The gang is here. Marcus, Ephraim, Anthony, and of course, hey, he's, a, he's basically a member on the show, low-key, man. Claytis, man. He might be, if we were the, uh, what's it called? If I had to give us a team, let's just say five-a-side style. Right now, I think we're flowing like O2 Brazil. I'm at the back, Gilberto Silva style. I think uh, Anthony, he might be on some caca, moving between the lines. Ephraim Ooh. on the right, on some Rivaldo stuff. Okay. Marcus, you know, he's the flair player. He's Ronaldinho. And I think, <laughs> I think Claytis, Claytis, you might be on some different shape-shifting Cafu leadership role. I don't know what's going on. How do you feel about that breakdown? Hey, man, I, I like to win. So, you know, O2, we lifted a trophy. So as long as we're lifting it, I have no issue with that comparison. Hey, that's what's up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Dan. I love it. <laughs> hey, hey I'm, I'm glad you do because, hey, that O2 Brazil team will always have a special place in my heart. That's like the first World Cup I remember vividly as a kid. You same for you, Clay? Yeah, that was the first World Cup I seen back in Togo. And, like, with my cousins, like, that still plays in my head all the time when I think of Brazil. Just think about, like, that haircut with Ronaldo. Everybody in the hood was trying to get that. Like, even after he scored a goal, everybody in the streets. Like, I remember that old 2 World Cup. Like, it was literally today. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that legendary free kick against Japan, man. Is that the first World Cup you remember also vividly, Marcus? Yes, sir. Like you said, the legendary haircut and the flair. Yep. Come on, man. That, that, that attracted my American eyes. <laughs> Ephraim, what about the first World Cup you can remember watching, man? Oh, uh, uh, France, 98. Well, see, classic. See, I went 98. I remember playing the video game more than the actual matches. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember how big it was because France was obviously the host nation, so they mm -hmm. wanted it at home. So I think that, that was like such a big deal. They got so much press about it, even here, so. Yeah, and it was like the Ronaldo coronation. You know, he balled, made it to the final, but, you know, we still don't know what happened in that final. I'm I'm going to investigate that one day. But, Anthony, you told me earlier that this is kind of your first World Cup as a fan fully invested into it from the beginning. How is it so far? How would you, you know, break down the experience? Man, it's great because uh, the real first one, you know, I'm an amateur uh, novice fan of the sport, beautiful game. Thanks to Ephraim and Dan, you know, y'all brought this into my life as an adult. Thank you. Uh, in 2018, when I was just watching it, and you know, all through my life, it's been in passing watching the World Cup, but 2018, I really sat down and watched it. But after that, I got familiar with the players, you know, tactics and just the style of game. So now watching it, <clears throat> I was talking to you, Dan. Um, it's interesting seeing different countries, just how, they, like, their form of play. Hey, I got my first international cap in uh, El Salvador. So just seeing how they play down there and just watching Ecuador against uh, Qatar. Um, it's just, it's cool, man. It's actually nice seeing who's a counterattacking uh, nation, Who who's a possession style, who's flair, Who who's more tactical, straightforward, who, who looks straight like the Germans or who's trying to samba you up like the Brazilians, man. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch now. For sure. Now, let me follow what you broke down right there now. Who shouldn't be at the World Cup is the host nation cutter, man. They paid $228 billion to watch Inter Valencia 
scored and scored, and he should have had a hat trick. They tried to take away that penalty, but for the first match of the World Cup, this is the first time the host nation has lost. Do y'all brothers think Cutter has a chance to to get out their group stage, or are they just trying to no, get the victory? No, sir. No, sir. Yeah, yeah, no. Happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think your laugh said it all, man. I think the issue with Qatar is um, when it comes to international football, like the level that it's played at is is really different throughout, you know, all the different continent. Like the way South Africans play, Africans play, Asians play, Europeans play, like the style of football is very, very, very different. And I feel like, especially at the World Cup, it's at an even higher level. And I don't think like they're accustomed to that level of playing. Um, yeah, they won the Asian Cup, I think, was it uh, two years ago or a year ago? But yeah, I think when you're playing against like, you know, when you're playing those South American teams or like those European teams, it's a whole different level. For sure. Yeah, and Clay, to your point, sorry, Marcus, to your point real quick, it, they, I think, if I'm mistaken, all those, their players play in Qatar. So they don't even get a chance to experience exactly. those different uh, styles like a lot of other international teams get to. Like even Ecuador has players in the Premier League and, and other places. So uh, I, I, you make a great point, Clay. Yeah, and I also think with Ecuador, they've been at the World Cup several times now, so they kind of know what to expect in the group stages. So I kind of think they're going to fight a little bit harder to get out the group as opposed to, like, uh, past World Cups and then looking at the group, like, they have a great opportunity to come out the group, so they're going to go for it. Yeah, now, Marcus, do you know that uh, Cutter's starting striker is a Ghanaian brother named Mohamed Montari? Oh, it's not the uh, Harvey uh, Maguire, I mean, Harry Maguire lookalike? Hey, chill. Hey, man. Not, not him. Hey, but what do you think about Cutter, man? Do you think they need to go to South Sudan, go recruit some Africans or what? They, they need to do whatever uh, the Saudis are doing. Um, I'm going to be a bit problematic on this one. Um. <laughs> It looks like some of the guys were working on them stadiums that they had out there on the pitch because Ooh. 20 minutes in, guys were gasping for, for for air. Like, it was very confusing. It was the Valencia – it was like a Valencia testimony, the way how he was going off. <laughs> like, I, I was confused on the first day. I was like, this is the only match we got? Like, hey. the casuals are looking at me like, bruh, this this is what we got to look forward to? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> If you guys are real gamblers out there, y'all know Ecuador, the only person that can score for that country is Inter Valencia. They've had five goals in the last two World Cups. He scored all five, man. Just letting you know for my gamblers out there. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, hey, one thing you mentioned, Ephraim, that I'd like to bring up is um, you mentioned how maybe the Cutter guys – they don't have as much experience playing outside of their nation. But you guys mentioned a little bit earlier, Argentina, one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. They lost 2-1 to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, nine of their starting 11 all played on the same team for their club, Al-Halal. They're one of the best Asian uh, teams every year, always a threat to win their Champions League. So... And that format, that familiarity and team chemistry was able to help. Now, Anthony, how did you feel about that performance? 
Hey, man. I love the heart. Um, they uh, we were talking earlier about their high line, and it made Argentina really look like a one man squad. Already, like, yeah, Messi's out there, and he, he he's supposed to be Superman and stand above everybody, even though he's small. But there was nobody else playing the sport out there with him. It looked like he was alone. He actually looked like he wasn't even out there himself, for real, besides that penalty. Um, <clears throat> that's just how their defensive play swarmed everybody. Di Maria was on was was in prison on, on the right wing. He couldn't get nothing uh activated. Um that's something I noticed. I was like, dang, if if he could connect with Messi, a little one-two or something, he was trying, but hey man. I honestly think uh Martinez needs to sit on the bench. Uh Alvarez needs to be the main striker. And um I don't know what they would do on the wing. I don't know whoa. What, what they should do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say Alvarez, yeah, the guy that missed the that that missed the last good chance they had? <laughs> you know, you talking about his header? Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. <clears throat> that that game, it was a lot of confusing sh- stuff on that. Uh, that and before before I hey, jump in on, on Anthony Free, man, you can cuss. Go ahead, uh, man. That shit was just confusing because like he he like the shortest person on the on the pitch, and we keep playing balls in the box. Like I don't understand those tactics. Nick, I I was about to say, I, I said in the chat that Argentinian panic ball was hilarious. They were asking the craziest questions on the attack. But that's because the the defense they had no they had no other option or they didn't try it. But that's why I think that's part of Mark. I don't know from the De Maria side because he, he was the one sending the crosses in, or Acuna tried to come in and do the same shit, and it didn't work. It was disgusting. So I'm with you, Marcus. Man, Argentina they're gonna have to fix that if they want to progress. I have a question. I only seen segments of the game, but. With Argentina being on a winning streak, do you think they were a little bit more relaxed coming into the World Cup? Because um, previous years when they came into the World Cup, they've always had like that big pressure on them. Like, is Messi going to win? Is Messi going to win? And I think this year they seem like they're a little bit more relaxed and more like welcoming of the pressure. Do you think that kind of like played into their mind during the game? I think that they didn't respect that white shirt. Now, Cletus, you and I know as long time lovers and viewers of African soccer, when that white shirt is on the pitch, it's yeah. spooky. Especially, you know, in a tournament, they they come to play. Yeah, Harvard Renard, I'm sorry if I'm not saying your name correctly, but he's won African Cup of Nations with Zambia, won it also with Ivory Coast. I'm still sick about that L. We lost to them. I'm a Ghanaian fan. We lost to them on penalties. Took Monaco or Morocco, I'm sorry, to the 2018 World Cup after they missed the previous three, I believe. So, yeah, he works miracles. And if y'all saw the tactics, he played with a high line. He knew that prior to the match, Argentina's used to playing with people against people that play with a mid or low block, trying to compress the space. He said, we're going to play high. We know your strikers aren't the brightest at playing offside traps. They were getting mixed all the time. Lataro had what like six offside? It was crazy. They had six. Yeah, yeah it was sick. So they were playing their style to perfection. And one thing that I noticed too, they were harassing Messi. 
one thing that uh people might not mention is that he lost the ball that they scored the first goal on. He got they took the ball from him, he didn't track back, and then barbecue chicken. So when you got him trying to still be the same guy he was 2015, 18. I know last year in Copa America, he blacked out, but those teams played differently. These guys aren't scared. So theoretically, Argentina played the easiest team in their group and lost. So maybe this can be a wake-up call that, all right, we can't lose no more, and then they can get back in shape. I'll say this, though, because I, I woke up early for this bullshit. Um, I felt like it was a tale of two halves. Like, and it's funny that I'm going to make this comparison, but it's kind of like the Americans in a uh, game. In the first 20 minutes, Messi looked all world. If <laughs> Martinez knew how to stay onside, they would have had, they would have been up 3-0 because he was killing. But oh boy, don't know how to not be offside. As soon as the second half started, as you said, that manager told them fellas, press, meet them up, meet them upfield. Yep. Don't let them get any time on the ball. And they and Argentina didn't know what to do. Then we get an all-world performance from the fucking Argentinian goalkeeper. I mean, it was, it was just a mixture. Yeah. I mean, the Saudi goalkeeper, excuse me. But it was just it was just a mixture of of like of bad things happening. And like the substitutions made no sense. It just like kind of like how everybody was saying, you you might didn't respect that other team. You thought you could just come in there, they were gonna play back, you was gonna break them down, and you was gonna get whatever you wanted. And, but they came to fight. So I me, mean, hopefully it's a wake up call to them because if Messi go out like this, <laughs> it's a bad way to end your uh career. <laughs> Shout out to Mohammed Al Owais. He was the goalkeeper for Saudi Arabia, the man of the match. Ephraim, what do you say, man? Hey, to Marcus's point, like if you a stay a slave of stats, like I'm just looking at the stats. I ain't get to watch the game, but if you a slave of stats, obviously the stats will tell you Argentina should have won this game. They had three times more shots on target and three times more shots, period, than than uh Saudi Arabia. So 70% possession, I mean, nine corners to two. So, but 10 offsides, <laughs> 10. 10 offsides, that's ridiculous. So six I, by one guy. <laughs> hey man, they were trying to, who's that, who's that one guy? That's Moretta number. That's Moretta number. Who, Mark Martinez? Hey, 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 hey. Cletus, come <laughs> on. Is Moretta that blind on the pitch? <laughs> that's Moretta. <laughs> yeah. For real, that Lotaro Martinez today made Alvaro Morata look like Ronaldo Nazario, man. Hey, that's why Alvarez should be the striker. Mm. But hey, but look, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't get to watch the game. I wish I would have, because I would have loved to see you know something like this happen. I mean, not that I hate Argentina, I'm not against them or anything, but you kind of like seeing you know underdogs kind of upset the big guys, and so sure, yeah, man. I, I'm I'm shocked, but. You know, it is like you guys have mentioned, you know, when you don't respect your opponent, and that's what it seems like may have happened, when you don't come into a game respecting your opponent, these types of things can happen. And, you know, being offsides, that's that can be laziness, that can be all types of different factors that for 10 of them, and like you said, Marcus, six of them by one player, I man, I don't know, man. But 
let's give credit what credit do, right? Like you did, like you did, Dan. Let's let's give them credit. Saudi Arabia came in with a game plan. Like Marcus said, they adjusted, they came impressed, and they made it tough. And that's that's exactly what they get. And maybe it will be a wake up call. I kind of hope it is. I don't want to see Messi go out like this, but you know, playing against Mexico is not going to be easy for them. Um, you know, Poland. I don't know how they really are. I don't really know much about their team, but frauds. huh? They're frauds. Ah, uh, so that may get them the three points that they need. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, watch out, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> they may be one of those sleeper teams we have to watch out for. Hey, let's get into that other match, man. We had two nil-nilers today. Denmark, Tunisia, Merry Christmas. Did y'all watch that? Yeah, I was I was hoping Tunisia would get that win. They play really good. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think they have both have like a creative team or individuals that they could really rely on to score goals. So I felt like if Tunisia could have came away with the win today, they might have had a chance to come out the group, but that's that's going to be an interesting group to see how that plays out with those no-nos. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Mexico, Poland, the grandpa comes again and saves the day. Guillermo Ochoa, Hello. man of the match. This guy, have y'all ever seen him play club football? Yeah, I've seen a few For games. who? Yeah, he's a ghost, man. I don't know. Nowadays, I think he played for Tigres before in the Mexican League. Clay, you seen him? Yeah, he used to be on Tigres. He had a little less, you know, but he's just one of those guys when the World Cup is around, he just attacks and, you know, he's going to have the bags ready. He do. Buffon package? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Lewandowski, we all know he had the clearest chance in the match. Missed the penalty. Or should I better say, was blocked by Ochoa? Claytis, you had some harsh words for him. You think this is that? Uh, what is this retribution for leaving Bayern and Bavaria? I don't. I don't want to be Mister Negative because I do love Robert. But looking at the past uh, several weeks leading up to the World Cup, I don't think he's been in his best form. More so, not you know on the pitch, but more so mentally. Um, and I think that's kind of affected him, especially getting that red card right before the World Cup um, and then losing out in the Champions League. I think like those things has kind of played like a negativity on his mind. And now that he's missed that penalty, um, I don't know how he's going to bounce back. It's going to be very interesting. He doesn't have a team where they're creative enough for him to score like he does at Bayern. And, you know, he has to live with that now. Hey, Claytis, do you think that that may be something that's weighing on his mind as well? Not just what you said, but like the fact that he doesn't really think that he has a chance in this World Cup because of his his the team's lack of creativity and, and you know, big names and, uh, you know, maybe talent. See, the one thing I'll give Robert, he's very like he always wants to, you know, do his best and always wants to win. So he's always going to think about that Ballon d'Or regardless or like, you know, that. Uh, European best player of the year. So I know those things are also playing on his mind. So he's going to try to use those as motivation to like put out his best performance. But in our reality, I think he kind of knows that they don't have that good of a chance this World Cup. And um, he's going to have to accept that. But he has to find other ways to kind of make himself irrelevant uh, or make himself relevant throughout the World Cup. Well, hey, yeah, in my opinion, real it. quick, Dan. No, nah, I was just saying he had a chance to win it. He didn't do it. Go ahead, E. Yeah, I was just going to say, I just don't think he puts that much uh, 
uh, on the World Cup or on international games, really. I mean, I, I think, like like Clayton said, I think to that point, I really think his focus is more on club football and what they what he can do there versus like international football. His name, his name, and his stats are going to get him in the in the international team, and I think he knows he's good that way. But as far as like that emphasis on like, hey, we're going to do something in the World Cup or in the Euros or something like that, I just don't think it's there. I don't think he really cares as much. Yeah, I think like in the previous years, he's definitely like stood out for uh, Poland. Um, and he's definitely contributed a lot to the uh, to the national team. But I think coming like towards the end of his career, yeah, he kind of realizes, you know, he doesn't have the same opportunity that he did, you know, maybe four or five years ago on the national team. Well, hey, if he really <laughs> wants that ball and door, this is a World Cup year, so it's going to be skewed towards the guy that balls in the World Cup, and he ain't going to do that as we see. I know we don't finish past it, but uh, I do want to say that Denmark to New Tunisia game. I like the energy from Tunisia, but neither team have a strike I know anything about. And if um, Ericsson is the only answer for Denmark, they ain't going far. <laughs> the two strikers that I knew that uh, Denmark had, they were on the bench. You know, Poulsen for uh, Leipzig. And then what was what's my man's name? Braithway. Yeah, yeah, on the bench as well. So those are their two number nines that I know of. And they played pretty well in Euro last year. So I don't know yeah, why I'm surprised. they fell out of favor. So but yeah. hey man, let, let's go into the big match this week so far, man. USA won, Wales won. We talk about guys that don't want to ball for their country. Maybe Lewandowski is a shook daddy like that. But Gareth Bale is not. So how did y'all feel about that? First, the American fans. Anthony, represent. I was unimpressed by their style of play. Um, it looked erratic. Um, our captain, Tyler Adams, uh, looks like Mighty Mouse out there. He'll overcommit. Nah, he'll overcommit on a press. He he's good defensively, um, but his forward passing is not there. He doesn't help with the attack, and so with that, our team just looks like we'll not make it out the group stage. So that's it. Biggie, yeah. Uh, look, Marcus <laughs> said two Taylor two halves, man. It was like the first half. I think the first half we looked like we were clearly in charge. Uh, I think you know. We look like we we had something going. Could have probably had two goals. Like I think Marcus said in the chat, probably should have been, or somebody said in the chat, we should have been up a couple goals already. It shouldn't have came down to that last to that penalty uh, uh, kick by uh, Bale. So uh, the second half, you know, they started pressing more. They started controlling a little bit more of the ball, uh, and it was inevitable. I mean, our, our, it's like we talked them up. We were talking about how good our center backs looked, Reem and, and Zimmerman, but you know. That foul was just so unnecessary. Like, you know, at that point in the game, 82nd minute, you know somebody's going to go down if you put your hands on them. <laughs> you can't do that. So it was a clear foul. They deserved the penalty. Um, we we fell apart. Um, so, you know, it's a young team. Uh, I don't really have crazy, crazy hopes as far as like getting too, too far. I, I still would like to see us get out of the group, obviously, but it's a week after this one. I don't know. England was hot. So it's going to be a tough game on 
But uh, I, I will push back on Tyler Adams. I thought he was the man of the match. He 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 made some really good tackles. He was he was he's a pure number six. So I, let's just get that straight. He's not an attacking. He's not making marauding runs in the in the late in the mid. He's, he may do it sometimes, but that's not his game. He is a number six, pure and through. He's he's there to protect the back. So I, I thought his game was good. I, I liked what he I saw from him. I thought he was great. Um, other than that, like some other things need to be desired. Um, Pulisic. Could use a little bit more from him. Um, I like Tim Weah. I like what he what his runs down the right hand side. I thought they were great. Sergeant, yeah, he had that one chance. You know, hit the side of the uh, hit the side of the post, um, or hit the side of the net, I should say, on that header early in the game. Uh, other than that, I didn't really see much from him either. So, um, I'm I was surprised by some of the uh, adjustments or lack of adjustments that Burholter made. Um, I thought that, you know, Reyna, I think we can all agree, Reyna probably should have been the one to come in, but he didn't. So hopefully he'll learn his lesson. We'll, hopefully we'll see some differences, some changes. And, uh, yeah, let's go USA. Marcus, what's up with your man DeAndre Yedlin? How did he sneak onto the national team, man? Thought he was um, I'm going to start this rant off. At, I'm going to give it a title. You under surveillance. And um, <clears throat> the reason I'm going to say that, to answer your question, Dan, yeah, Lynn, you under surveillance, bro. How I, I I did question. I think it was in the chat. I said, somebody said, what is Yetlin doing? And I said, he, he doing his best to run back and track this player. <laughs> I, I think the only reason he on there is for experience. The re- what I would say, um, it was a lot of, questions to me with Gareth subs um you you got you bring on Haji right yeah a guy at knees guy um but you have on the bench. Like him, you know yeah, he's a target man right yeah. you think he was trying to use him like as an outlet to bring other players I think on? he did I think he did think he was going to use it as a target man because to be honest they kept playing balls in the box and it was and Sergeant was nowhere to be seen to get on him. So that's what why I think <clears throat> he brought him on. So I would say this too. I thought the tactics were kind of weird and they kind of really went left in the second half because Des and McKinney both got a yellow in the first. So both of them kind of played kind of spook and then they start playing kind of erratic uh when they start getting tired. If De- my thing is too is if Des is gonna have the ball that much. You need to get a connection with Well. You had no type of real connection with Well. It took Christian to come in the middle and then link up with that assist. Like that whole right side was like trash to me. Um, I would say, yeah, Tyler Adams isn't offensive, but he cleaned up. And even towards the end of that game, yeah, some of the tackles are erratic, but sometimes you need that. You need that dirty work. And he all he do is all he pretty much do is Weston McKinney's there. He's gonna connect, let Weston drive up, and then he he should link up with the four with the four play. Next game, Jesus better be uh, up there. I don't know what you why you playing with playing around with that. You got pace, use that pace well. Um, they might have to then go uh put Reyna at wing back instead of freaking Dest at wing back and let Reyna connect with Tim Well or actually freaking they gonna cut in. And get some more shots going. They got to figure it out because England gonna come with it. Trippier gonna be in that box. 
He's going to be putting that ball up in there. Zimmerman, Reem. Well, I'm going to be honest. Reem better not play next game. Uh, He better not play. <laughs> but, but Zimmerman is back, right? The Butcher? <clears throat> yeah, the Butcher is going to be back. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, let me clarify what I'm getting about. Uh, Tyler Adams, there was a – I know he ain't going to be a box-to-box super offensive, but there was a sequence where – USA won the ball back towards the top of the box and he proceeded to there were Pulisic was in front of him way was in front of him and he proceeded to pass it to the left and then I was like okay maybe he just didn't think he could get that pass there and then there was another time instead of being I don't need the man to make runs it's sometimes it's positive passing and if you keep negative passing when you're on the attack you're not going to help your team out. That's that's all I'm saying. And I understand you need the cleanup guy. As I watch a team that that's where Roger is, but he he knows how to positive pass. Even Fernandinho, dark arts guys. So I, I don't mind defensive, but we he needs to help facilitate and not just be that. If other guys are moving forward as well, that's all. Claytis, it sounds like uh, Tyler Adams is studying from the Jorginho book. Sideways yeah, and back. I love he needs it. to sell that book. He said, "I love it. I love it." Get up. <laughs> Did you watch the match, Clay? Um, two things I'm gonna point out first and foremost: the Wales government actually running out Dupont Circle for the game. <laughs> so that so you already know how they was feeling about the game. But again, football won. Whether it's one one football one that soccer stuff, I don't really care about all that nonsense. Hey, hey, hey you're an American now, Claytis. Well, you know you got your clean passport now. Support Ooh, America. Take your passport. Oh, you. <laughs> it's America, Clay. Come on, man. Soccer. But do you, know, uh, do you know the British invented the word soccer. It was at Oxford. Their Illuminati created the word, by the way. Yeah, you know I don't believe in those boys either. <laughs> but one thing I'll say, um that I kind of seen in that game is USA has great talent. Um, I think one thing that they lack is that killer instinct because they're able to create, um, they have a good attack. I won't say, you know, the best attack, but with the players that they have, they're creating, but for some reason they just lack that killer instinct. There were several times where I seen um, Pulisic making up, you know, he was able to win the ball back on the wing and he's looking for that last pass and he's just not able to make it. Um, they don't have anybody, you know, coming from outside the box, which you'll kind of expect Tyler to make those runs, but I don't really see that in his game. So I think those are things they just got to work on um, to kind of polish themselves and get it ready for the next round, honestly. Well, the U.S.'s next opponent had no time for games. <laughs> they bullied Iran 6-2. My boy, Bukayo Saka, man of the match, had a brace. And I don't know, man. I think I found out why he wins, why he won England Player of the Year. They said in his last 14 starts for the three Lions, he has won man of the match six times. So sounds like he's their key player in the final third. But, of course, uh, the star midfielder that everybody's fighting for, Jude Bellingham, scored, Rashford, Ephraim's boy came off the bench, looked good, scored. Uh, Cletus's boy, Anthony's former homie, Raheem Sterling, scored. Hey, it looked pretty good. So how did y'all feel about England's match, man? They did what was expected. 
I mean, I kind of expected them to go ahead and win that um, win that match, but um, honestly, I don't have any downside. I just think the only reason why they conceded again was because of Harry Maguire, but that's nothing new here. But besides that, they look good. They look pretty pretty good. For sure. Yeah, if you were, yeah, I was gonna say pure domination. I mean, from front, you know, from beginning to end, it wasn't even close. So. Um, I mean, all the, you know, all the attacking players look great. Jew Bellingham, I think Marcus mentioned it. He was commanding the midfield. He was all over the place. He was coming back, you know, getting the ball at his feet. Like he was requesting the ball, urging him to pass it to him. Obviously scored the first goal of the game. Um, so he just put himself like, you know, that, that price tag just went up a little bit. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, they're a dangerous team. Uh, if they can keep that up, especially against this group. Um, you know, they're, you know, we'll see what happens when it comes to playing other teams in the, in the rest of the tournament. But uh, this is their group to lose, I think, honestly. So um, I'm their wingers are scary. They're very scary. Phil Foden, he didn't score, but he came in and he looked dangerous as well. So, um, yeah, man, this is this is a good team. Oh, yeah. I also forgot Grealish scored, Anthony. That must have made you excited. Mm. Oh, by, that, by, that, by that time, um, Iran's heart was already taken, man. It was a, it was like the sixth goal out of out of everything. It was the <laughs> final one. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. It, were, were they gassed? I gotta nah. Um, I love their performance overall. England, honestly, the energy from beginning to end, like Ephraim said, it was pure domination. Um, I love Bellingham's goal. Uh, even uh. And Pape's header today was tight. And uh, correlation to both them in France, besides the goal fest that they had, both of those teams looked like they were um, confident. It wasn't like they had a World Cup jitters or anything. I don't know if that's chemistry or um, just ready for the tournament itself. But <clears throat> the way England came out and how like the game started and how the players were moving, and then once the goal started happening. It just looked like it, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was. It just looked like I was watching them do something that they knew that they already did. And uh, France sort of looked like that today. So um, it's actually going to be kind of exciting to see what other teams just play with that sort of boisterousness and just ambition that's fulfilled. Marcus. Hey, can I say one thing, Dan, real quick? Oh, yeah, I, I, to, to, to Anthony's credit, to Anthony's point, I should say, like, as far as like feeling comfortable at a big tournament, I mean, we all know that, you know, they, they lost to Italy last year in the final of the Euro. Uh, they also got third place in the last World Cup. So they 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 are comfortable in big games and or in big tournaments. So I give them that much, at least for now, this this current crop of uh, England players. Hmm. Is it coming home, Marcus? We're in the same group. So hell no. Hey. Um. <laughs> I will get on their respect. Um, like I told you later on in the chat, it was pretty much all the boys that they were calling monkeys uh last World Cup for missing and missing uh penalty kicks, Rashford, soccer, actually doing their thing this time around. Um I'm very sick. Raheem the dream didn't put on didn't get put on my bet slip and then he dropped. Um but yeah, only thing I would say as opposed to like the preview in a sense to uh facing the US is that um 
Harry Maguire, you're still trash. Even with rest, you're still trash. You can't mark anybody. And um, Pickford, he's very emotional. So I feel like if if any team, even if it's past the U.S., maybe Wales, they get a lot of shots going at him, he might start freaking out because he started yelling at Stones and uh, Maguire, and they just was looking at him like, calm down, bro. But, yeah, um, <laughs> it's not coming home. Brazil's getting this. Whoa, play this? Hey, do you agree with Maguire being the weak link in England's uh, starting 11 right now? I mean, look at the performance they put out and then look at the goal that they conceded. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, it tells you everything. You know, you've had that rest. You haven't played on your uh, club team in a while. But, you know, the coach has faith in you and here you are, you know, showing everybody what they believe what you are. So not much else could be said about that. Yeah, I dig. I don't think anybody's rooting for England, but I do like their young nigga movement, man. I'll say that. And hey, maybe you guys as Americans should take notes. You guys want to put all the Africans in the back for the whites. Maybe Musa should Eunice Musa should be playing higher up the pitch. But no, bro, bro. I like I like where he at. Yeah, I like yeah he, his yeah. movement was great. I thought his movement was great in that game. Yeah, yeah. Got your most creative player playing number six. Hey, come Ooh. on. Dude. Hey, Eunice, you should have played for Ghana. We would have make you be a bus boy at the back, man. But anywho. I, I, hold on, man. He was moving around at the time. He was moving around on the wing and everything, man. He was all over the pitch. I give him a shot at going. Moving around when, when it got desperate, when the whites couldn't do nothing. That's when they asked them, all right, go ahead, get the free Roman on. Yeah, all right. Way is up top. <laughs> but I do agree with you, Marcus. Yeah, I was looking up uh, Jesus Ferreira's record with the U.S. 15 caps, seven goals. Why doesn't he start? But uh, I don't know. Loyalty <laughs> is going to get somebody fired. Hey, Berhalter, what I say on the chat? He's under surveillance. Yeah, he is. You know who else is under surveillance? Unfortunately, Senegal, man. They put up a good effort against the Dutch. We know their best player, the reigning African player of the year, Sadio Mane, unfortunately, is missing the tournament due to injury. And the same things that hurt uh, Senegal last tournament is happening now. They concede late goals. They give up silly fouls. And it's unfortunate. But they gave up a good effort. But, um... What did y'all think about that game, uh, starting with Marcus? Because, you know, you were heavy on the Senegal national team before Mane got hurt. We are. That is my other World to the World Cup uh, squad. Yeah, we we lost Mane, and I I expect, I I mean, honestly, I want Sar to step up, to be quite honest with you. Um, I feel like they had a lot of chances. Dia had about the two, the clear chances. But when um, Koyate got hurt and then um, they had uh, Adrisa Gay had got that yellow card that kind of took the sting out. They really couldn't press as much as, as they were in the beginning and they weren't able to stay as compact. And then so that that allowed that space for uh, how you say his name? Gapot or Gapo? Who yeah, should Cody, Cody Gagbo? Uh, who should be on the African team? Yeah, as I should, hear, you should either be with me in Ghana or with Clayton Togo. Okay, 
So yeah, he he went on and he made a nice little run. I don't know why he's playing the ten. That was kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, I mean Senegal, they still got a chance that they could find some goals. I think that's the biggest problem. They could find some goals, and I think this is a problem too with all the teams. It's two yellow card stuff, and then you get suspended. It it's gonna be a problem yep. because some of the best players are gonna miss a game. What is it? Gabe may miss may miss their third game because. He's feisty. Yeah. So, like, I think whoever set that rule, they shouldn't have did that. <laughs> and you know who is crazy? Last World Cup, I don't know y'all if y'all remember, but Senegal became the first team to not advance to the knockout stage because of the fair play clause, because they were equal on points. They were equal on goal difference. They were equal on something else. And the next one was, oh, who has the least discipline? And, you know, Senegal got knocked out because too many yellows. But uh, I don't know. Claytis, maybe you can relate to. It's something about seeing Louis Van Hall putting up a good team that always makes me smile, man. How do you feel about this Dutch national team and what they can potentially do going forward? Yeah, earlier in the week, Louis was saying that this is one of his best um, – Play, one of the best crop of players he's had on the national team. And <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about there, but. Um, he believes in the youth, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, of course he has. He's always believing in the youth, but let's, let's be realistic. Um, I think they definitely got lucky with the win. Um, I want to say Senegal definitely outplayed them, definitely played a strong game, um, created a lot of chances. Adrisa Gay had a good shot outside the box. Um, but I just feel like without Mane, they just were just missing that little spark that they would normally have. But um, if they could get a win their next game, I think that'll be very, very crucial for them. Um, but again, like Marcus said, you know, that that two yellow thing, two yellow card rule where, you know, you sit out the next game, that's going to hurt them as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they move out of the group. Word now. Anthony, did you see anything interesting from some of their players like uh, Frankie De Jong or anything that you might have, you know, said, hey, that might be a player that I might want for my team or not yet. Not yet. It's too early. Uh, I saw Frankie um, trick off almost like an open goal. Like he took too many dribbles. So he should, he just... He just should have made an attempt, um, and he didn't. He he tried to be somebody who he wasn't. Um, it was a nice counterattack uh, from that moment. But I had to step away, actually, for work. The match, uh, from what I saw up until that point, that's actually right where I had to step away, um, was very uptight. And then by the time I come back down, it was uh, I didn't see how Netherlands scored, but they scored. So. Ephraim, are you trying to sign Cody Gakpo in January or the summer, or are you still looking for another type of forward? I mean, in rumor amongst fans is that's what they want. They want they want Gakpo uh, in United if in January, if not the summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, you already know how I felt about it. I I thought Senegal like was was doing a great job. They came attacking. They weren't scared. Yeah, they gave up uh, some some open chances uh, on the counter a little bit at the beginning of the game, but I thought they deserved a point. I think when uh, Marcus's point when Kayate came off, uh, it kind of threw the game off a little bit for them. 
Um, they lost something that, that was pretty, you know, Kiyate is a, is a pretty good def- uh, defensive midfielder. So that that definitely changed the game for them uh, when he got hurt. Uh, and then a couple of those yellow cards kind of threw him off as well. I, I was really hoping that they could get through with at least a draw. I thought they deserved at least a point, if not the win. Um, I thought the Netherlands looked a little shaky at first. Uh, they finally kind of grew into the game as it, as it went on. Uh, Frankie de Jong lost the ball a couple of times. He made a great pass, obviously, for the first goal. Um, it was an amazing pass and a, and a great glancing header from uh, Gakpo. But, um, yeah, I, I was a little disappointed. Uh, I really wanted uh, Senegal to at least get a point out of that game because um, I thought they did. Um, so hopefully they can pull something out in the next game. I don't. I need to look and see who they play next. But, yeah, man, it was a good game. I thought it was great. Um, but, you know, the I guess the better team won. Um, I, it'd be interesting to see how uh, uh, Netherlands uh, do against um, tougher comp- opponents. If 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 Senegal had them looking that shook at first, you know, I hate to see them play a, a team that presses harder and has a lot more talent on it too. So I don't really see that much hope for the Netherlands. I mean, they'll get out the group, I think. But as far as that, I think they, you know, depending on who they play in the next round, in in the knockout round, uh, it could it could be to their downfall. So. Hey, one more thing I'll add is if um, the key to Netherlands making it far, you already saw it was uh, Depay. As soon as oh, he yeah. came on, he kind of changed the game. Because yeah. because if Daily Blend is, uh, is who I'm looking <laughs> at on free kicks, <laughs> we're not going far. <laughs> For sure. I think that's... Loyalty. I was telling Claytis the other day that, hey, I really like Netherlands. I think Gakpo is in the middle of taking the leap to another level. I agree with you, Marcus. Memphis Depay has to start because that front two of Bergwijn and Jansen, they're not really it. Yeah, nah. If you play a front two, theoretically, if you play, I know he's young, so maybe that's why he hasn't done it. But Van Hall, if you know his history, he doesn't give a damn about age. If you have the talent and he thinks you're ready, he'll play you. But I do think... Their best team are front three moving forward probably is Gakpo on the left, Depay on the right, and Cletus's boy, Xavi Simmons, as the number 10. When will he get minutes? Yeah, I don't know. That's the good question. And I also think um, Bergwis played well, but I think Kenneth Taylor is another option that they can have at midfield. He's playing well for Ajax, so they have options, but... I could see how you feel from that. Yeah, it could be a little shaky. Hey, real quick, Dan, let me ask you a question. And anybody can chime in. But I was actually a little surprised. I played a 4-3-3 in the back. But, you know, obviously it worked out for him today. But I was a little shocked that they didn't play a 4-3-3. Well, Louis Van, Van Hall, he is a guy that he is one of the building blocks in total football that, he was a guy that preferred the back three. I mean, Cruyff did too earlier. Cruyff at Barcelona played with that 3-4-3 three, three diamond. Van Hall also prefers the back three because he wants to dictate the game. You already know he wants to play out the back possession. Did you see, dominate. How, so I could did see, you see how high Van, uh, Van Dyke was up yeah. with, on those. Yeah, I'll give you that. Van Dyke is basically like a sweeper, the old school sweeper role. Yeah. He yeah, gets sure. the freedom to drive with the ball while Aki and Delict stay back. Delict also, he got a yellow, so he's under surveillance. So 
He should have got he should have got a, uh, a second yellow. He should have got two yellows in that game. He was yeah, he, he was, was he was reckless. He was very reckless. Claytus, what's going on with Delict, man? Are y'all not teaching <laughs> anything at Bayern? Hey man, I don't. One thing I'll say when I seen that boy with my eyes, that's a big boy. So <laughs> when he's coming in, is is always going to be a foul. But I feel like so far this season he's been good. You know, he's giving away some free some some really dumb fouls, but. I don't know. Maybe it's a national team. It's been a while since he's had a good game on the national team, to be honest. Yeah, he's kind of, he's always the kind of the guy that you just starting because of your name. Like for me, I understand Denzel Dumfries has been balling, but I kind of feel like Timber might be able to take that right center back job, depending mm-hmm. on how Delix. I mean, how uh, Van Hall sees it. Yeah. To be that point, I honestly wasn't that impressed with uh, Dumfries in that game. Boy, he looked mid. He yeah, he did. See, that's the thing. Yeah, with him, one thing that I do give credit to, uh, Ahmad Diallo and Mendy, they did a good job on that left side. And yeah, Dude. he wasn't able to get the free roam because you already know with Grandpa Blend at one side, you already know Dumfries has to do all the running trying to create <laughs> width on the other side. So it was kind of predictable, and Senegal did well. But uh, the reigning champions, France. You know, they looked shaky at the beginning, but they came true at the end, 4-1. I know, Marcus, earlier you said this is Brazil's World Cup. You don't think the defending champs have anything to say about it? Well, we all know the curse. Usually you win and then you don't get out the group. They, they, They trying to get past that, I see. But I don't know if they got the the depth, to be quite honest, in certain positions. Um, yeah, AT, he started today, but my thing is how many games are we going to get out of Rabio? He played awesome today. How many of those performances are we going to get up out of him? Um, what is it? If it, they would be the only team I think that's going to compete outside of maybe Germany, but today they look freaking awesome. Shoot. Olivier did what he do. Trying to break everything that uh Henri stood for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Killian, I'm gonna say this, Killian looks way more comfortable at international than he does at club. He he has his friends there. What was that? As soon as what was that? As soon as the ball was coming to him, he's smiling. He I didn't see him frown at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, today today was a relaxed day for France, man. I mean, I I had my pinky up while while watching that game. For sure. Shout out all my gamblers out there. If you guys waited to bet on that match until Argent uh sorry, Australia went down one nil and decided to bet France money line, you're smart. You know? But I think France, they can make a deep run. Um, you're right, they have a lot of injuries, but they still have it's like they got respawns, man. They get everybody hurt, like the same thing. This time last year, Tushimini was not a starter. Now he's a key player, and he played well. Rabio's a guy that, you know, has been a wonder kid for years, kind of slowed down his development going to Juve. He's underwhelming for the for his club, but, hey, for his country, he steps up. One thing that, you know, it's interesting, they played 4-2-3-1, which, you know, is pretty predictable for what they do. I'm interested to see how Griezmann continues in this number 10 role because he does play it 
for them, but I want to see if he is able to, you know, try to finish some of the chances because he did well linking up play, dropping deep, you know, pressing. Diego Simeone taught him well with that high high, but I'd like to see him try to get on some of those chances. But uh, Claytis, do you have some kind words for future France record goal scorer Olivier Giroud? Can you tell the world that I predicted this? Oh yeah, he he did. You know, like we've that. I guess that's the running theme this episode. Every coach has their favorites. And Claytis has always said um, Deschamps loves Giroud and he's going to do whatever it takes to help that young man get the record. And when he got subbed off, it seemed like Deschamps was more happy that he got the record than Olivier was. Oh, he was happy hugging him, holding him. Olivier was trying to walk on the pitch like, no, come back, bro. Let's talk a little bit. But yeah, you predicted this. Congrats, Claytis. The photo op. You know, he wanted that photo op. <laughs> But honestly, I go ahead. My bad. I mean, I think France played a really good game. The thing that is going to help France out is that they have a lot of talent and they're very diverse. Um, if you look at Dembele, if you look at, you know, even King, uh, Kilian, um, you have uh, Kingsley on the bench. They have a wide range of players who could all play on the wing or play at the top. So they could all interchange. So, they have a lot of options. I expect them to go far. Uh, one thing that's going to be a little bit questionable for me um, once they get further in the competition is that midfield. Tuchimendi and Rabiot played exceptionally well today, but I feel like once they play those tougher teams, such as Germany, um, you can even say Spain in a sense, or even England or you know Brazil, it's going to be very difficult for them. But It'll, it'll be a good test for them kind of growing up uh, playing their first World Cup at, you know, at this high level with that with so much at stake. And then looking at their defense, um, was it Lucas was injured today, which for me is kind of sad. But again, they have so much, so much talent that yeah, his little brother's better than me. Is that his little brother or his twin brother? Because that's my little brother. This is, that's yeah, little, little brother. He's better than him at left back. Yeah, so it's like, but they're they're both so diverse. They could play left back, you know, right back, center back. So you know, again, like the team is so diverse, and they just slot in uh, Pavard, and then look how they play. So it was a good game, but hopefully they could stay consistent because France does have this time where like they'll play so good and then they'll just drop off completely. Yeah. So we'll see how they go. Now, Anthony, you said earlier. That I yeah I was nervous about Mbappe. I was like, hold on, is he him? But then I saw he is him. Do you agree with me that he's the best player in the world right now? Uh, yeah. On and to my point, um, earlier being a you know fresh to the sport, when he won his World Cup, that was the one I would just start watching. And it's like since those four years have passed, he's actually progressed and gotten way better. But right now, um, I would feel like I would love to see Brazil win. And if Neymar holds it up, he could take that title for right now, for like this year, like best player. And I would I would accept that. But overall, I think if Bappe is, is him, he's next. It's it's about to be his uh, football world. Because um, he, he scored a goal, created one. Like Marcus said, he was having, yeah, too, he was having fun. Like that's something like to that point. Like he was, he, 
that's a scary thing when a good player is having fun. Like, and even you said it, to, uh, Dan, towards the end when he was just messing around, you could tell, like, oh yeah, like, okay, like he's he's activated now. So um, I think he's there, Dan. Yeah, oh, they gave him credit for. I had to double check the stats. They gave him credit for one assist. Uh, Giroud had two assists. I'm sorry, and then Rabio had one. Or sorry, he scored one. So, all right. Oh, yeah, that Dembele. I remember, Marcus, you mentioned that Dembele assist. You said they got to protect him, right? He's another key player for them that can unlock defenses. Bro, Dembele went healthy. Is a, I would say, like, what, how, is he under 25? I would go here, top 10, 20, under 25 player. But He's got to be plus 25 by now, right? Hold on. Is he? Well, you know, with football, yep, y'all, he's 25 on the dot. He turns 26 in May. Ah, I mean, but I would say that boy is a baller. But yeah. the way how the that link up play, that's what I was about to say. The way how Hernandez was able to get that ball to him and then his first touch and then boom, right there into the box, man. I, I, I was like, yeah, we need to protect that guy. Don't let him, don't let him get hurt. No hamstrings, none of that. Get him off the pitch. Yeah, Pavard. Was the only player that made a mistake. He left the back post open. But other than that, it was a flawless victory. But another flawless victory you can say is Cristiano Ronaldo. He put out his interview with Piers Morgan last week. Got his walking papers today. And he celebrated by putting one of his legendary goals, a header against Manchester United in the Champions League with when he played for Real Madrid, put it in his Jacob watch. So. He's enjoying himself. Um, first, what were y'all thoughts on the interview? Let's start with Ephraim since he is the United fan. Uh, I mean, look, he said, clearly said some things that were obviously true. And, you know, I think a lot of United fans will back him on that. I think that, as we've talked about before, the thing that he crossed the line with is just undermining his teammates and his coach. I think that's the only thing that we would hold against him. Other than that, I think like we've talked about in the chat, like now there's now they're talking about maybe a potential sale uh, or at least investors in the club. So if nothing else, what he did was kind of escalate that part of, you know, the, the uh, I guess, rebranding, you know, the you know investment into the club. So he's definitely raised some alarms that way in a different light, you know, in, in a way to make it escalated. But let's be honest, right? We we've known if you're a United, United fan, and and even not United fans, you've kind of known that this was already a thing. Like United fans have been screaming for this for years. So this this is this precedes Cristiano Ronaldo. But so I give him credit for at least helping to escalate the the thing. The only thing I push back on as far as like his, not just the disrespect that he 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 talks about or the, uh, you know, I push back on the disrespect a little bit because during the summer of this last summer when, you know, the, the, when he talked about it in, in the interview about how the club didn't really care about or didn't believe him when he said that, you know, his daughter was sick and he needed some time off. Well, that's not what his camp says. His camp actually released tweets that said they wanted to thank Manchester United for their patience and their, you know, their caring Basically, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they said. So look, I, you know, I, I wish him the best. I'm still a fan. You know, I just I'm glad that it's over now and we can all focus. He can go wherever he wants to go. He's now been released from his contract. He can go. He can. He's a free agent. He can sign somewhere maybe in January, if I'm not mistaken. I think he can't sign until January. 
Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I wish him the best. I think the distraction is over for both sides, and he can go on and do his thing, and, and United can continue trying to get uh, rebuilt under what Ten Hag wants to do for the future. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, you know, and I, I'm just glad it's over with, and I'm sure he is, and, and the club is as well. So, For sure. Now, Cletus, where do you think he's going, man? Is Chelsea going to sign him? Are you on your way to pick him up at the airport? I got to have some meetings first before we we make that move. Um, Because, you know, we are, you know, marketing FC at the moment. So (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if we make a move for Cristiano. But um, regardless of – well, not regardless, but just looking at everything that's transpired today, um, today's been a win for Cristiano, wherever you look at it. He didn't need to kick the ball today, and he's won all around. Um, that's all I can say about it, all the situation. All right. Marcus, what was hey, your take on that interview? Was it was it was Piers Morgan on some groupie shit or what? A little bit. He was on some groupie groupy shit. But I would say in the grand scheme of things, he pulled he 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 pulled the yay, the Kanye on this. He pulled, he pulled United's bluff. He became the villain real quick. And then he got out the deal. He got what he wanted. United got what they wanted. I mean, I respect it. Game recognized game, my G. I love when they embrace that villain role. Now he better go out here and show out for Portugal. So what what's the equivalent? You know how like Ye got out his deal and then he asked Skechers for for a contract, what's the equivalent of that? Christian oh. asking Sport in Lisbon for a deal. Oh, they said no, no, no. They already said that he asked in uh Newcastle to sign him. He's over at Newcastle right oh, now. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, they they said he already got the pre-contract on the way. No, sorry, might work out though. That might be a good deal for him. Prostitution at its finest. So that lets us know it was never about the Champions League. It's just money, right? All right. You already know, Anthony. Where does this rank in your top five prostitution moves? Higher or lower than Cucurella? Man, definitely higher. I'm with Marcus. My man saw, he's like, oh, man, that's what them Americans are doing over there? All it takes is an interview and I can get fired? Hey, man. <laughs> hey, sign me up. You know, so I, I, I have to agree, Marcus. This is like probably... Behind Kanye, man, number two. You know what I'm saying? This is the greatest move right here, man. He, he about to get the deal at Newcastle. Um, Yeah, man. This is cool. Really, Eddie Howe's about to coach this guy? <laughs> That's what you're telling me? I have a question, man. You know, with, with this interview going around, um, a lot of ex-players have had their say-so. Um, and in respect to, like, Wayne Rooney, do you think he will ever do an interview like this? I don't think so. It's on the way. It's on the way for a big bag. Because that, that will that will be a big bag for Pierce because you know when you look at Cristiano, he's had little like you know incidences, but when you look at Rooney and some other players in England that are like talking, you know, their their incidences have been <laughs> yeah, pretty major, you know, with Rooney recently sleeping sleeping in the room during activity hour you know and getting caught on camera 
you know, imagine if something like that came out and you're interviewing or Pierce is interviewing you about that. Man, I think Wayne Rooney is avoiding that, man. He he doesn't need the promo. He's he's coaching DC United. He gets to live a calm life. Yeah, he needs to be recruiting. <laughs> he does, you're right. He's recruiting Cristiano. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't think Rooney would do something like that. I think not in the he, budget. He, if Newcastle, if he wants to go get Saudi money, then yeah, hey, no, no, the, the city doesn't have money for him. We, we, we can't afford that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ghana, y'all know I'm a Ghana fan. We don't play yet, but we play Portugal Thanksgiving Day, and I'm shook, y'all. I think, uh, in a sick dimension, we can get out the group stage, but uh, realistically, it's going to be tough. Portugal, Bruno carving you up. Yeah, we're going to get mixed. Uh, worst case scenario, we lose like three, four, nil. Best case scenario, two, two draw. Uh, 2014, we did play Portugal. We lost 2-1. A couple of tricky decisions, but hey, we'll see. But um, outside of that, of course, USA England's the hottest match. What are your predictions for that? Quick, real quick, uh, Anthony. Do you believe that you will win? Three-one England. No, man, I'm not. <laughs> yo. <laughs> Hey man, no three one England. They the better hope it stays within two. You know what I'm saying? E money bags. What you got? Is is it time to lasso season? Uh, no, no. Oh. Anthony, uh, my my head says three one or four one or something like that. But my heart, my heart says like two two or one one. I'm thinking draw. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Anthony. I, I think they're gonna lose. Marcus, I know you have faith. Living in America. <laughs> it's time, Cap. So it's time, <laughs> Cap. Bring it home. Three, two, dog. Woo! Okay. From one goal against Wales to three against England. I love it. Hey, they do have Maguire back there. Hey, man. <laughs> I need Eric Dyer and Maguire to be the partnership, and we scratching them. <laughs> Cletus, what you got, man? Oh man, you know I just might be a sick guy and put some money on USA. Hey, uh, line. <laughs> you have faith, I, hey, I, hey, I, no, I, but 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 reality, you know, I'm expecting a good three-one, uh, <laughs> solid domination from England. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll be nice. I'll say two-nil. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's nice if I say I'm not going to score, but I don't know, man. I think. Well, uh, let me back up because y'all are right. You guys have all mentioned how England had a couple holes. They did give up two against Iran. So, yeah, all right, I'll say 4-2. I'll say that England for US 2. But I, I am expecting a fun match. But real quick before we go, guys, we can't leave without champagne goal of the week, man. And y'all know I want to represent for the homies out there. Cristiano Ronaldo's future employer, Saudi Arabia, Salem Al Dasari, 53rd minute, the game winner, Alawa Akbar, man. That's my champagne goal of the week. Ephraim, what's yours? I'm going to go with your boy, Bukasaka, the second goal of the game. I think it was the second goal of the game. Uh, that left foot, remember, I, I think I chatted about it. Yep. And, and left foot is dangerous. I, I'm going to give him the champagne goal of the week for me. Nice. Cletus? 
I'm gonna give it a Gakpo, you know, that cross. Um, and just his timing on that header was 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 a statement. That that was a football. yeah. I like that one. Uh Anthony, what's yours, man? I'm actually gonna go with Raheem Sterling, uh from the assist Harry Kane. That that leaping goal was nice, man. It was, it was like a it's like a childhood outside, you know, playing playing with your friends type goal. Nice, nice, nice. Marcus, what about you, man? Oh, we putting history on them, man. Who I'm going with, Mr. Giroud. Oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. All-time tied with Henri, all-time leading goal scorer. Hey, great. Well, great episode, everybody. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that now. Chill out. And now you know what the kids going to be saying in the future. Yeah, yeah, Giroud is greater than Henri, and he tied the record in less matches. But hey, it's another story for another day. Arsenal, we we create great strikers for France. Shout out, Mbappe, come join us. Psych nine, but hey, for Cletus, Marcus, Ephraim, Anthony, I'm Dan. Champagne soccer, we out. Stay blessed. Keep your pinkies up. Till next time.